Okay, and we're back, right? We're back and we're blue. No, we're not blue. <laughs> But anyway, we're back. <laughs> uh, that, uh, joke. That, that made okay. no sense. I know, I know. So anyway, yeah. So this is our second episode. Yes, yes. Uh, we're still uh, happy that my mom is listening. So <laughs> thanks, mom. And <laughs> so there's the second episode of our podcast. And uh, in the last one, we talked about ourselves a little bit. And uh, I am Michael. You are Radek, and we both work uh, at Nosby. We have additional side project called Remag, and uh, you also um, have the Tadam uh, app for the Mac and. I also run a, a proactive magazine. So, uh, um, and all the other things we do are in the show notes if you're interested. Sure. So that's that's what we do. And in the last episode, we discussed about more or less what we're going to discuss in this in this podcast, and mostly about WWDC and the watch, right? Yep. So um. In the last episode, uh, we were joking that you are actually you have my watch on your wrist, and I have my wife's watch on my wrist. So I would like to explain to everyone who's listening why this happened. So um, I ordered. I mean, I was late to order the Apple Watch, and you were mad at me for that, and you were right. So when when the Apple announced that we could pre-order Apple Watch, actually on, in, in, at 9 a.m. Uh, Central European time. I was actually heading for my training, so I, I'm, I'm doing triathlons and and I was doing my I having I had my swim training. So I said, you know, no problem. I just after the swim training, I'm just going to order the watch. But it was, you know, after the swim training, so one and a half hours later, it was already you know sold out, and the delivery date was already June. And finally, when we got to order the Apple Watch in the same day, um, it was still June. And uh, the, you know, we heard that some people got the watches earlier, right? But but you know, but we didn't. And the the end of May was approaching. You were already developing the app without end, the watch. End of April. Yeah, end of April was yeah. Of course, end of April was the was the was the delivery date. And yep. uh, for the you know first Apple watches, we didn't get any. Uh, we didn't get our watch at all. And then in May, nothing. And you were developing the app already, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, so so on April 10th, uh, the gates to the uh, Apple online store to order the watch were opened. And, you know, as you said, you were like literally a few hours late, but that meant June delivery. And then yeah. on April 24th, uh, the Apple watch has shipped. And only a few days earlier, we shipped the first version of Nosby for Apple watch. But at that point, none of us had the Apple Watch. So we shipped this app and we hoped it would work, but we didn't know. And we wouldn't know for the next few weeks because we had no way of testing it. Exactly. So in the, in, and in the meantime, you know, the, the Apple Watch shipped on the 24th of April and we didn't get our watch because it was still June delivery. Yeah. And, and um, our tester, Patrick uh, uh, of Nasby, he, he ordered uh, his watch you know, on eBay, on local Polish eBay from, from a guy who, who had a watch. So he ordered a watch and he had a watch like I think a week or two weeks later, right? After the, the, the shipping date. So, he, so he had a watch. So he could test our application as the first person in our company. And uh, actually, you got to play with the watch then, right? 
Yeah, he. Uh, so as you mentioned in in the first episode, we are a remote company, so we don't actually live in the same city. But Patrick uh, came to my place. Uh, you know, he uh, he he took he took a bus across Poland, so I could play with his Apple Watch. Uh, but it was just for a day. Exactly. So we were still, you know, um, developing the the, the 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 second version of our watch app without the Apple Watch. I mean, we only only our tester had the Apple Watch. Um, and uh, the end of May was approaching, and and we still, you know, no sight of, of 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 the Apple Watch I ordered. So I decided, you know, I had to do the same what Patrick did. I I found, you know, um, I mean, actually Patrick found me an an auction on e on Polish eBay. It was called Allegro. So I ordered the the one uh, on 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 Polish eBay, and I was it was you know it was in in a different town. So I was uh, you know they 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 were shipping the next day, and then. Uh, uh, Ivona, who works at Nosby, and she ordered my Apple Watch because she lives in Germany, and in Germany you can order Apple Watch. So it's even more, you know, difficult because you know Apple Watch is not available in Poland. I had to yeah. order it in Germany through Ivona. She told me that she got my Apple Watch. You know, so on the same day I got this Apple Watch uh, on eBay and the one uh, that, I, that, that that I ordered um, uh, through Ivona, and the one I got from eBay was a smaller version. And and actually, it was I was this, I ordered it on the same day as my wife has birthday, and my uh. wife uh, she's a lawyer, and uh, but she's also a, a, a geek girl and a gadget girl. She likes she likes gadgets. Um, I think it's my bad influence. <laughs> so I told her, you know, honey, um, I have this idea. I'm going to buy you an Apple Watch. <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, why not?" And because I I also sold the Apple Watch on uh, to her. I told her, you know, she could be running with the Apple Watch. You know, she would uh, she would not need to carry her iPhone six plus and all these things. And she was already sold on the Apple Watch. But I said, you know, but there's one caveat. I'm gonna order it for you, but you will let me wear it for the next few weeks. <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, thanks, man, for the, for this beautiful gift." But then she said, "Okay, no problem. Uh, I know you need it more for your work, so just you know, okay." But don't scratch it," <laughs> she said. So I ordered it, uh, ordered it for her because I, you know, I didn't want to have two watches. So I said, you know, I'm gonna get order this one for her, and then and then my watch is coming to Ivona. So, but I didn't know that my watch would be coming to Ivona so quickly. I thought it would be, you know, in mid June or something. Right. You know? But then she got the watch, and and I got the watch. Uh, so I, I decided, you know, as my wife let me have her watch for now, I decided to ship the watch to you. Yep. Uh, the, the, uh, from Germany, so that you could, you know, keep developing our our watch app and and you know really test it in li real life and see how you you know live with the watch, and hopeful I'm still hoping that at some point you will ship it back to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the idea. That's why you are wearing my Apple Watch actually, and I'm wearing my wife's Apple Watch. Yeah, I, I really like your Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was afraid you would say that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about the shipping this back to you thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and and of course the 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 other reason, you know, I wouldn't maybe normally ship it to you. I mean, I like you a lot, man, but maybe <laughs> I wouldn't be that inclined to ship it to you. But again, it's WWDC time, and we knew that the watch OS would be you know updated we didn't know how much and what will we be there uh, to see but uh, especially at this time it's really useful that you have the watch I mean don't you agree 
Yeah, I do. I mean, at at this moment, I'm not really using it for development. I've been just using it as a normal user, trying to get a good feel of what's it good for, what's it not good for, like how it feels, how I use it, etc. Uh, but in about a week, I am planning to go back to the NOS before Apple Watch project, and I will work a bunch more on improving the app, but this time I will actually have the real device. So I'll be able to test it the way it really works and not in the simulator. And I will see, like, if there are any, for example, performance problems, I will see them. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's why, that's why you know, that, that's the story. I mean, we have two Apple Watches, which actually don't belong to us. That's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. But it's because of this, you know, pre-ordering, you know, eBay and, and stuff. But, you know, but what, what could we do? I mean, we just needed them uh, badly as soon as possible. Yeah. What, is, what, is, what is actually uh, funny, though, is that although the watch is actually not, for example, present in Spain and Poland, where I'm actually, you know, uh, in these countries I'm, I'm visiting right now. So it, people, when they see the Apple Watch, they recognize it. You know, it's, I mean, you know, I was, I was ordering, you know, um, a hot dog in Ikea. And the person who was selling me the hot dog was like, oh, dude. Is it, is it true? Is it Apple Watch? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, um, yes, it is. I and he was like... I think, I think it's because you have the, the green bell thing. So, yeah, so right. I have, I mean, you have the, uh, the black Apple Watch. So it's, it's, it's dark aluminum and it's a black band. And it doesn't stand out. No, at all. Which, which, you know, which, which is kind of a good thing. But yeah. I, I've, I've never, you know, you know so far... Uh, I've never had anyone notice, and and I've been, you know, I've even had situations like I would actually like take a look at it, you know, in in, in public, and like people would be looking in, in my direction, but but they wouldn't notice at all. Yeah, I think it's the band. Yeah, you're right. I have a you know green band, green sports band, and it's a silver watch. Also, silver is less discreet than the than the than the space gray that, that I ordered for myself. So. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. This this also can be a reason why why people people have noticed that. Uh, but you know, uh, but but what, what was you know what's fu- what's what's funny is that how people are you know really observing Apple because even you know in the countries where not watch is not available, so it's not really advertised here. It's um, people actually you know notice and, and and know about it. You know, know about it, yeah. which is you know which is a good thing for Apple, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, getting back to WWDC, um, there are, you know, a few things that we missed in the last episode because we didn't, we didn't want to make it, you know, too long. So, um, Radek. Okay. Um, so, what else? Uh, there are a few things that are perhaps less noticeable for the end users, but are actually really interesting for us as developers of third-party apps. So, one of them is a technology they call app thinning. So, so the idea is that, um, like, there are different configurations of of iOS devices, right? There, there, are, there are different kind of uh, screen densities. So there are kind of higher and low, lower quality displays. There are different kinds of processors, and and so you have like duplicated uh, images and duplicated code, and it takes up a bunch of space. Uh, so what they did in iOS 9 is they is they kind of made it so that um, when a user downloads an app from App Store, only the things for that specific device are downloaded. 
And the reason why this is interesting is because um, Apple continues to sell 16, 16 gigabyte devices. So the, the base models of iPhones and iPads are 16 gigabytes. And a lot of people buy them because they're not really aware of is good or bad. But in practice, you run out of the space very quickly. So they added a few technologies that made these problems less obvious. So just last year, they added Photos in the Cloud, where instead of storing all of your photos on your iPhone, they're stored in iCloud. And it's a good thing because you have more free space, right? And now apps take up less space. And, you know, it's a good thing for users because their phones are, are more useful even though they're limited kind of technologically and you have kind of more space for apps like our own. And I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, they had to, I mean, because cause, cause really they were selling iPhones that actually, you know, are not good. I mean, you know, I, I would always say, you know, don't buy the 16 gigabyte. I mean, don't. Right. Because you're going to run out, out, out of space. So now it's good that they're solving this problem. They also mentioned that they even, you know, the upgrade to iOS 9, you should, you know, wait less so that you can actually upgrade to iOS 9. Because they had the problem with the adoption of iOS 8 because it was so heavy that the 16 gigabyte, you know, people didn't have space to actually update, you know, the, 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 the iPhones. So exactly. it's good that they do it. And... Well, you know, on one hand, and on the other hand, you know, it's also good that they that they are improving the cloud, you know, backend the cloud storage because it it should be natural that the photos go to the cloud. You know, it should be just just natural. And the app thinning, um, this thing, you know, I was always you know surprised why you know if there is an update to my app, why does it have to wait you know fifty one hundred megabytes? You know, why does it have to be so big? If it, if it's an update, I'm sure lots of things are the same. You know, exactly. And 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 another thing, of course, you know, why do you up, update the whole app, um, you know, for, on the iPhone where the iPad part it doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. You know, you just 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 give me the part I need for my device, right? So, so the, I mean, this is you know, as I said, it's not really visible to the user, but the user will feel that the fact that it's the iPhone storage is not you know shrinking so quickly. Exactly, and and you mentioned like they made the upgrade to iOS 9 um, require less space. And that's actually the thing that, you know, it's kind of a small thing for, for most people, but I'm actually really excited as a developer because, as you said, iOS 8 adoption rate was not that great. So right now, globally, iOS 8 is at about 85%. So there are 15% of people that are still on iOS 7 and older devices. So at Node, we're doing a bit better than that. We're above 90%, but it's still, it's still not close to, I mean, globally, it's not 100%. And it took many months to get here. And the reason why this is annoying is because supporting older versions of iOS and other systems is just a lot of work. You know, we're we're a very small company. We only have what five programmers, six programmers now, and six. only like I'm the only uh, programmer working on iOS and on the mm -hmm. Mac. So we have we don't have too many resources to make our app work. You know, on on legacy devices, on old devices. So if Apple can make so that as many people as possible are on the newest versions. 
it is much easier for us because it means we can drop support for older versions of iOS, but we're not losing our users because of that. So that's good. Yeah, and, and you know, um, the, the, the thing is that the, the idea, and I, I like the idea, the idea behind all this is that we always have the newest version. So you don't actually care if you have iOS 9, iOS 10, iOS 11, whatever. You should be able, you should just be using your iPhone whenever there's a new version, it just should you know, up, uh, update automatically, and there is 9.1, 9.2, whatever. You should be always on the newest version. Because only then, you, you, you know, everything is compatible, everything works perfectly, and developers like us, as you said, can use the newest te technologies, the newest APIs, the newest you know, tips, tricks, whatever, just to, to give you the best application ever. You know, and we don't have to, because on the side of the code, if you have lots of if, ifs, so if it's an iOS device of that, you know, do this. And if it's the different one, do this. And if it's a different one. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's annoying from the developer and then it's bug prone. So that we can have lots of, you know, problems then with the apps and can, uh, uh, you know, lots of, lots of things that can go wrong. And um, the idea is to have always the newest version, not to care about the version number actually, you know, to have just the iOS 9 as a marketing ploy rather than really a major new version, right? Right. I mean, it should be just a continuous, you know, new version of the of the thing. So I think we're getting there. Right, but but I mean another problem which we had kind of last year with iOS eight and with OS ten Yosemite on the Mac is that they just weren't perfected yeah. when they were released. They were kind of buggy. They were kind of slow. Yosemite yeah. is still kind of slow. I, I still have Wi-Fi problems right now as we're recording this podcast. I connected to the internet via internet. I connected a cable to be on the internet because I was scared that my Wi-Fi would drop because that's what happens So on, on, on Yosemite. So this is also, I, I, I guess this is a reason why some users might have um, be wary of updating to the newest versions because they were also scared that things would break. And so it's also interesting that with iOS 9 and with El Capitan, which is a really silly name for OS 10, but never mind. They improved upon that, right? They, 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 they gave us less new things, less new features, but they focused more, at least that's what they say, we'll see how it works out in practice, but they focused exactly. more on refinements and on speed, which is also interesting. So um, there is, like on, on Android, it's kind of difficult for the users and for developers because there's oh, yeah. a huge fragmentation, right? Uh, like the newest versions of, of, of Android is, I don't know exactly, but I think less than 10% globally. And it's been released like, what, six months ago, I think? More than that, yes. I think. So, and it's just a pain for everyone. And so like one more thing which Apple did or rather, an interesting thing that they didn't do with iOS 9 is they didn't drop support for any devices. All devices that are supported by iOS 8 are supported by iOS 9. And it also, you know, which is a good thing because the iOS platform and iOS ecosystem matures. There's a lot of older devices and some of them just won't be replaced, not just yet, right? And so it's good that the newest version of iOS will run on them. Sure, it will be slower, perhaps. It won't have all of the features like on the, on the newer devices, but it will work. And again, it makes our job much, much simpler. We can focus on making the product and not focusing on maintaining comp 
compatibility with a version of iOS that was released two years ago, which is great. Yeah, and the thing is, the thing is that uh, uh, actually, you know, in our case uh, at Nosby, we have Android app as well. So we have Android app and uh, iOS app, and the Android app. Uh, we were really fighting, fighting with different versions of the engine, you know, of the rendering, rendering engine for uh, uh, between uh, uh, Android 4.0 to 4.4, and then to 5.0. So they, and there and there are so many popular devices like uh, like the Galaxy S3 that use the old rendering engine. So we really had to work a lot to really make it, you know, work. On these devices, and we've been we have we've had complaints from our users, and only now with the version two one eight of Nosby, we actually managed to finally you know make you know the older Android devices you know go fast, and and we are really happy with that. But it's just you know it's just it's really annoying when you have to deal with so many versions of operating system and so many different devices. Uh, yeah, in in our case, only the having the iOS. Uh, you know, being you know majority of our users on iOS eight, and uh, you know uh, it's it's really easier to to maintain this. Right. As for the Android version, uh, there's an interesting anecdote with that. So, some time ago, we kind of checked our server logs to see, you know, what percentages of users are on which Android versions, and we we're really, you know, happily surprised that like 75% were on Android 4.4 and on Android 5, which is amazing. It's so much better than the global stats. But after a while, we realized that it's not because, you know, our, our, our users are so much um, kind of forward with updating their Android devices. It, it's because our app sucked on Android 4.0 to 4.3. So really, and we really had to do a lot of work to make it work decently. So we'll be releasing that pretty soon, but it would be easier if Android was more like iOS, where, where the adoption rates are so much better. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the problem is, is, is really the fact that, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know it's, it's, just, it's just, you know, it's just annoying. It's just annoying that we have to do this. We have to deal with that. And, the, um, and we've been losing users. We've been losing customers. So like for our company, it really made, you know, uh, we had to make this effort because we've been losing people over this, you know, people, and I don't, I don't blame them, you know, no. if I have a perfectly well working, the working device, I have my Galaxy S3 and I'm going to, I'm, I use it for other apps and it works more or less on other apps. And then I get Nosby and it's just slow or it doesn't work. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to use it. Right. I understand it perfectly. So they're, so yeah, they're not. They're not going to blame Google or Android or the manufacturer no. of of the device. They're going to blame us, and, no, and no, you know no. it's understandable. They they shouldn't care about this, but you know that's what makes it so kind of sad that that uh, you know that it doesn't just work for for everyone. That there so is there's this a, fragmentation. There is this piece of advice here. Uh, always take the blame in business. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, really, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. To say you know it's the problem of of Samsung because Samsung wouldn't let you upgrade your S3 to something, or you know, no no no, it's your problem, and it was our our problem. We had to embrace the problem. We had to you know own the problem, and we had to solve the problem. It took us a few months of development, and as we said, we have a small uh, team, but you know we really pushed through this. So with the newest version two one eight, we'll, we'll have this solved. But uh, but that's the thing. It's our problem. You know it's you you know you cannot blame the customer. You cannot blame you know what they have. Um, and, and, and you know, if you say you have an Android app, you know, 
and you should have a decent Android app that works on most of the machines, not on all you know all the old you know. If somebody has a four-year-old Android um, phone, then maybe you should you, you can tell them you know I'm sorry, but this is really too old. But then they know it because all the other apps also you know work very bad on this phone. But, exactly. But in this sense, you know, they had perfectly you know well-working phones, and you know it was our our problem. It was our problem that the rendering engine is so different and is so buggy, and you know it's it was you know our it was our thing. We should, you know, you should always own the problem, own the solution, and just, you know, just just push it through. Because a blame game will get you nowhere. Because the blame game does game also doesn't solve the problem. Because if I'd say it's not your fault, it's for, it's not our fault, it's fault of Samsung, they're gonna tell you, okay, I'm gonna use it anyway. I'm gonna use Nosby then, because I have my Samsung and I'm gonna use the Samsung. So that's the thing. So it was, yeah, it was. Uh, it was, uh, you know, lots of effort there to, to really solve this problem. Exactly. It, it is kind of easier for the bigger players because A, they have more resources and B, they have, they have at least some influence on like how, how kind of the world looks in, in, in this sense. But, but we, I mean, there is nothing we can do to influence how many people on Android are on the newest version. Right, and it's mm -hmm. also harder for us because we don't have enough resources to make it great. But that's what we have to do. Exactly. So that's and back to WWDC. Um, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the App Store. Let's talk about the App Store. Yeah. Because we talk about apps. We are on the App Store um, with Remag. We want people to be on the App Store. You know, App Store is the thing. You know, because uh, we think App Store is going to be the. You know, it's already. I mean. In that, on WWDC, Tim Cook was saying, you know, App Store is the thing. App Store changed the world. App Store revo revolutionized, uh, you know, the way we interact with our phones, with our computers, with whatnot. And I agree. But why is the App Store so bad still? Right. So, um, so what's bad about it? Yeah, Radek. Um, a few things. Uh, first of all, it is very difficult to find apps. So there are featured pages on App Store. So you have the front page where you have some featured categories or featured kind of lists of apps and featured you know, individual apps. And you have the most popular apps like Facebook and Twitter and etc. And you have uh, top charts and you have categories. And in those categories, there are also the most popular apps. And this is great if you are already on those featured lists. But oftentimes, you just want to, like, it, it, it's not in front of your face. You just want to find a solution to something, to a problem you have. You want to find an app that solves your problem, right? So you might want to use search and search for something, and it won't help you. The search on the App Store is quite terrible. It just doesn't work. I mean, you can even search for popular things like Twitter. And if you search for Twitter, I bet that Twitter won't be at the top of, of the list, which is ridiculous, right? And you have categories. And again, you might think that if you go to a category like productivity, then you'll be able to find some niche, you know, app for that solves a problem that you have. But you probably won't. The discoverability of apps on the App Store is really bad. And that's what they did not improve on WWDC. So it's one of the things that we didn't get, and we hope we would, but we didn't. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, that especially they they introduced the Apple Music 
thing, you know, and, and I understand, you know, because they said we want to, the artists to be discovered, we want the artists to be in touch, but I would want an Apple Music for the App Store, you know, I would want, I mean, not the subscription model, but the way <laughs> that we actually, that people can learn about apps, you know, now to learn about apps, like, for example, I'm a father, I would like to find really good apps for my kids, for the iPad, you know, because, you know, for them to learn stuff, you know, so I have to go and do some research on the web, and because if I just, you know, if I, if I just like, like put, you know, multiplication app on the App Store, I get something, but it's really still not, you know, it's, um, it's there, I, I won't get the, the, the apps that I really need. Uh, and um, I don't know, for some reason, I think more curation, more, um, um, more, you know, more, I don't know, categorization, more curation, more, uh, I don't know, maybe links or reviews also linked to this. I don't know what will solve the problem, but the problem is that now when you go and search on the App Store, it's not that great. And for us also as third parties like Nosby, if we have a new app, a newest version, you know, we would like to share this, you know, with, with others. And um, for us to be picked up by Apple, it's almost a miracle, you know. There are just a few apps that are being picked up and uh, usually not us. And um, of course, uh, we understand we can, I mean, everybody wants to be picked up by Apple, yeah. but, but maybe there will be a more democratic way to be picked up, you know. And, 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 and there are so many other, you know, ideas how people game the system to be ranked on the App Store. So you exactly. know, there are so many things about the App Store that could be fixed and they didn't announce anything about it on WWDC, which is, um, again, disappointing because this is something that we think, uh, you know, is important for third-party apps and for, for, for discoverability and, and also for users because users want to be able to discover great apps uh, without doing extra hours of research on the web. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're kind of looking at it through our eyes as developers. I mean, we want users to discover us, but it's because we think we made something that's actually useful, right? And also, exactly. as a user, sometimes I want to find something that's not, like, obvious, that, that's not something I already know of. Uh, I have it easier because I, you know, I, I read blogs that, that, that write about good, you know, iPhone and Mac apps, but a lot of people don't, and it's even harder for them because they might have a problem that could be solved via software, but they can't find a solution to this problem because App Store just isn't good for it. And I, I, I think I think you made a reference to Apple Music, and, and I think it's it's pretty perfect because uh, you know App Store needs better algorithms, you know, like search, better search. But also, you know, what they really emphasize with Apple Music, which again I, I don't care personally but they emphasize the fact that there's a bunch of curation by real humans who care about music. And it's not about, you know, it's, it's, it's not this, this, this big game as in public radio. It's, it's just people who really enjoy music, who have good taste, and they curate the music, right? And you could do this to some extent with apps too. Obviously, you can't, you know, uh, there's a limited amount of attention uh, in the world, like you, you can't promote everyone, but there's a bunch of good apps that are not so popular or so perfect or so, um, you know, or, or so widespread that they would be on the front page, but they're still good enough and useful enough that, that, that it would be great for the users, ultimately, if, if people were able to find them, you know? Yeah, and the, the thing is, the thing is, you know, that uh, actually we don't know how to connect with how to contact with Apple because the Apple uh, they do some curation, but you have to be picked up by them. 
you cannot, you know, send, uh, you know, information to them. And, you know, I mean, there are some ways, but it's really not that obvious. Right. Right. And, and, um, and they, they and the app stores they should also the app stores should also rely on 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 blogs who are reviewing apps also and take this under you know there's it doesn't have to be only apple who's deciding you know and and only apple employees you know so so as we said you know this, th there should be more discoverability, discoverability <laughs> i think so we're not native speakers <laughs> exactly so so you know the app store could be improved that's what we're saying, and apparently it's not improved. But you know, right? We'll see. We'll see when the iOS nine actually ships, because maybe by then they would, you know, they will just, you know, do something about it. Or maybe next year. But but just another, just just the last thought about it. It's kind of frustrating to me when they are kind of bragging or, or like kind of marketing to developers because it's a worldwide developer conference that we've had on Monday. Uh, you know, like that that they have. Uh, like uh, a million and five hundred thousand apps, and that that they've paid uh, you know thirty billion dollars to developers, and it's frustrating because it's 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 not like you know it's not like the the um, you know that over one million apps are the same, and that the thirty billion dollars are kind of split up evenly or or in accordance to usefulness of apps. Most of the uh, the the million whatever apps they have are junk. They're just not good at all, or they're really old. And and the thirty billion dollars that's a that, that's a big number. That's really impressive. But a huge chunk of that are 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 kind of um, you know uh, made by by games. Just just silly. Games with um, where you you know you need to pay a dollar to get some some magic coin or whatever, which is I mean you know this is fine, but uh, that's games and this is a business model that works well for for games. But there's a bunch of independent developers who make really useful tools that yeah. could that could be useful for a lot of people, and a lot of those independent developers find it really hard to to stay on the market, to stay on after, and obviously. You know, being an independent developer is a business, and business is always hard. But, but, but still, it seems like, like, by making the app store better, you could, you could have more independent developers, and, and not even independent companies like like Nosby, but independent like developers, a single person or two people, because that's enough often to make a really useful tool, right, for a lot of people. Yeah. But when you're a single person and the app store, the way it's structured, doesn't help. It can be super difficult, despite the usefulness of what you made, to be picked up by users, and I think that's 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 kind of sad because the you know in a sense the world could be better if if there are more developers who you know uh, that um, they would find it profitable to be independent and to make you great tools and and not just leave the app store for for uh for ea and other big game companies and 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 some you know and, and you know facebook and, and twitter and etc and 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 make you know make make the leg dry for everyone else one of the examples for example of how app store search works is that i uh, recently i had to reinstall my evernote app on my iphone and what I did is that I just, uh, you know, removed the app from the from the phone and went to the app store, searched for Evernote, and one of the uh, 
uh, Evernote was the first one. I got the app, nice. But then one of the th uh, th third or fourth app was also an app for Evernote. I mean, like kind of app. Um, I mean, the first three apps were apps by Evernote company. But then the fourth one was from the third party developer, which is good. But then when I clicked on this app, because I was curious, you know, which, why is it ranking so high? It must be a really good app. It was an app compiled for iOS 6. Oh, wow. So, uh, seriously, I am on iPhone 6 Plus, and you are uh, promoting on the App Store an app for Evernote uh, that is compiled for iOS 6, so it doesn't really support very well on my device. Why would you do that? Why is it so high in the ranking? Yeah, and oftentimes when you search for something, you'll see essentially junk, like like companies exactly. that, 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 that make something, sell something, but it's essentially... You know, like malware. It's essentially like they use some some tricks to cheat their way uh, into uh, into the app store to 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 be ranked high in the search, but it doesn't actually do anything useful. It just it just you know a piece of junk. Yeah. So that that that's the thing. I mean, Apple should be more you know should better 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 about this. You know, better about the app store. But that's the thing. That's the app store, and that's the um, that's how it is. So um. Talking about WWDC, I mean, just uh, wrapping it up a little bit, I think I think what we said about the watch in the very beginning and what we said about the watch in the last episode was the fact that we like the complications and the complications. So like these small parts of watch uh, that, that we can, you can, you know, um, uh, in the future you can actually customize. And for example, what I'm seeing is that I would like the complication with the list with number of priority tasks and number of comments that people do in Nosby. So I would like this small complication. It would just tell me where, where I am at uh, with Nosby, it would be great, but and we will be able to do that with, with Watch uh, Two Zero, and you're actually going to going to work on that. Yeah, I will. But we have no complications for the iPhone. Yeah, and you know it will be kind of useful to have like on your lock screen to have some small bits of information, like you know uh, your activity rings that sync with your Apple Watch or, or just whatever you're interested in that you would like to see when you pull up your phone. And they didn't do it. Um, it's kind of interesting because I think it will be very useful. But on the other hand, they want to promote the Apple Watch, right? They, they want to yeah. have, you know, uh, if they added complications to iOS lock screen, in a sense, they would kind of diminish the value of Apple Watch. And All right. I don't think that's what they want to do. Yeah, but Apple is never ha, has never been the company that is you know afraid of cannibalizing things. You know, I mean, they 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 are they they I mean they, they were not afraid to launch the iPhone because they knew that the iPod is gonna die. You know, they 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 were preemptively killing the iPad iPod uh, by themselves. So, but but you're right. I think maybe it's the timing question. Maybe they will introduce the complications for the lock screen later down the line once we have the the watch complications, and maybe then we'll get them for free. Yeah, uh, I think that's very likely. As you said, Apple is kind of smart enough to know that they shouldn't be afraid to kind of, um, you know, cannibalize uh, their own products. Um, but it's kind of a long-term thing. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think we'll, we'll you know, um, maybe next year. And if not next year, then maybe in, in two years. I, I think if it will be useful, I think it, will, it, it would, even with Apple Watch, they might do it. Uh, but not just yet. But, but it's sort of annoying. I mean, I, I didn't kind of want to have it before because I didn't know how useful it would be. But now that I have an Apple Watch, your Apple Watch, 
I kind of want it on my iPhone too, even though I have it on my wrist too. It, it just would be useful because it, you know, the lock screen on, on iPhone just has some more space and it would still be useful to have some small bits of information always visible on that lock screen, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. But I mean, without, you know, unlocking the screen all the time, you know, yeah. and... Um, but yeah, maybe that's the thing. There's the timing question. You know, first the watch, then the iPhone. You know, we have seen that before with Apple that they would introduce something for one particular platform and later move it back to the other platform. Just you know, just uh, just to make sure that the new thing gets the newest things, right? Yeah, the, yeah the... I mean, we've seen that a lot. There's been a lot of um, just a few years ago. There's been a lot of um, innovation on iOS when when iPhones and iPads start to be a thing, right? And then a lot of those things were brought back to the Mac, right? I mean, right. iOS, the operating system emerged from Mac OS X, you know, it has a shared kind of foundation, and then a bunch of innovations, uh, like in terms of user interface, from iOS were brought back to the Mac. And we are seeing more and more of that in the last one or two years. Like, uh, like just there, there's a bunch of features that have been... Um, kind of done simultaneously on both platforms, on iOS and on the Mac. And I think in the future, we'll see more of that, just kind of bringing those platforms a little bit closer together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think this is, uh, you know, that's, that's how it's always been happening. And, you know, uh, that's why, for example, we get, for example, now, the, the as we discussed in the last episode, the, the iPad gets multi multitasking, gets all these things that... Normally, a computer would do, but now the iPad can. So this, this goes, um, and I like how it works. And I like how it works, <laughs> and I like the the fact that uh, you know that it's it, you can really start something right now on the iPhone. You know, keep going on the iPad and then finish it up on a Mac. Yeah, or the other way around. You know, and I really like this. And um, also from again productivity point of view, it's it's just really cool because because these things sync together. The the syncing thing is going there and. And you can start your work there and then finish it up, you know, um, even on the, on, the, on the smallest device. I don't think you would be able to go, you know, watch only. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do everything on the watch because the screen is just too small for, for really, really uh, productive, um, creative stuff. But it's really good for reaction, for, for to be able to really react to stuff and, and treat it as a remote control, as we said. But, uh, but I like this. I like how, how these things, you know, work together. And um, many people don't like it because of the fact that, you know, you have to buy everything from Apple so that it works, right? Well, you don't have to buy everything from Google to have Android if you want to. But, you know, but in this sense, you buy it from Apple and it just works and it just makes your life just easier. And that's, you know, that's what we have found out. And, you know, that's how right. it is. Right. I mean, you know, especially long term, it's good for Apple. But in a sense, it's also good for users. You know, if you kind of buy into the Apple ecosystem, it just makes sense to for things to to sync together, to to show the same things, to to have uh, the same kinds of apps. And obviously, the iPhone app, the iPad app, the Mac app, the Watch app, they'll be designed slightly differently, right? Or even a lot differently to accommodate for a given platform and a given kind of form factor of the device. But it makes sense for things to be in all places. It makes sense for things to look kind of similar, to work kind of similar, to have the same features. It just makes things a lot easier. It makes a lot of things easier for Apple, for developers like ourselves, and ultimately for the users because you, you, know, you can switch between those platforms and work within them together um, just much easier, right? And there is an element of 
lock-in in that, which is kind of good for Apple and 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 also like it, it, it makes some some people kind of dislike this because I mean, if you already have a Mac and an iPhone and an iPad, it's kind of hard to switch because you're using all of their stuff and and they're the best when they work together. <laughs> they work the best when you have all of them. Um, but you know, it, it's not just Apple. As I said, with Google, it's the same thing. Having just an Android device and a Mac and an iPad is not a, an awesome experience. You can make it work, but if you're going to use Android, it's much easier for you if you're also using you know, all of the other Google ecosystem, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of annoying in some senses, kind of a bad thing for consumers yeah, but in some sense, but also very useful if yeah. you do buy into it. Yeah, but the thing is that, uh, on the other hand, you know, uh, feel free to support third-party developers like ourselves. Nosby is for both the iPhone and the Android. You that's, know? True. that's true. So, so like, and, and there are many third-party developers. Like we we talked last 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 um, uh, uh, last Absolute. time on the uh, exact on the apps on the we talked about Notes, right? right? To use Notes, you have to have the iCloud. Yes. But if you don't want to use Notes on the iCloud, use Evernote and you will have it, you know, on your Android phone everywhere else, right? And it's the same with Nosby, you know, we are third, because the third party, uh, third parties like us, I mean, the small developers, what we do is that we, we can, you know, bridge these things, you know, we are not, uh, I mean, we like Apple, but we are not, you know, owned by Apple, you know, we exactly. like we like you know some of the Google stuff and we like some of the Android stuff and we are not owned by them so we can really go cross these platforms and and this is still an opportunity for many third-party developers and I would like to highlight that that lots of third-party developers don't see this that it's a big opportunity that you can be this bridge you know and then people instead of using Notes they can use Evernote instead of using Reminders just just use Nosby and you have it on all the platforms right so like. These things, um, I think, uh, you know, third-party developers are strong here. Exactly, and and I think it it is the bright side of kind of the lock-in that we kind of have. You know, on one yeah. hand, we have Apple and Google and and others, you know, lock in their platforms, kind of combine them together. Um, but on the other hand, in some senses, it is easier to switch than ever, right? As long as you're 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 you know, if you are using third-party apps. You can use, I mean, you know, you have Facebook and Facebook is everywhere. Nosby is essentially everywhere. Evernote is everywhere. Skype, which we're using right now, is everywhere, right? And yep. a lot of stuff is in the cloud. So, I mean, uh, you, can, you can use Apple apps or iOS apps, which often save those things in the cloud. And, you know, in some sense, they only sync between Apple devices, but hey, you can get to it from your browser, which means that you can just get to this stuff and copy it to whatever platform you're using. So it is kind of the easiest when you're when you're kind of when you kind of buy into a single platform, whatever it is. Though we like what Apple does best, but at the same time, um, you can kind of um, you know you can also make your 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 life easier, but by using you know, a bunch of third-party apps. And if you want to switch, you can often continue to use many of them on the other platform. And it just works. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. In the same way, you know, uh, you know, just you have an iPhone, you, use, you, you can use Nosby there. And when you decide, oh, I'm going to go switch to Android, just get the Nosby app, sync, and it, you have the same information. You know, there is no... And the same goes for Evernote, for lots of third parties, for Dropbox, even for lots of these. So 
this is, I think, as you said, the bright side of being a third party, you know, a developer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not like, and the, 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 I think this is, this, we touched a little bit on this topic from the last episode that, you know, Apple cannot kill us in this way because we still have this, you know, additional advantage that, you know, that they don't have. Um, yeah. Although they, you know, the music, again, we get to the music, they are trying to launch music on the Android. So we'll see how, <laughs> yeah, that's, how that's, this will play out. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's not just, not just the music app that Apple will launch on Android, which I still can't believe, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, they will also make an Android app that will help users switch from Android to iOS. And, nice. And the thing which made me really laugh hard is, is like, when you finish the uh, the syncing, on the bottom of the screen, you see something like, you can recycle your Android phone by bringing it to your Apple store. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was cute. Yeah, that's really, that's, really, that's really cool. I mean, you know, just we'll just take care of the rest. You know, it just works. Even give us the phone, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, recycle it, you know. Um, I don't know, give it to some, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wonder how this recycling thing uh, it works. Give it to the poor. Let's not, let's, not, let's, not, let's not get in there. Right, so, um, right. so anyway, I think we're, uh, we're uh, past our mark here. Uh, so thanks again for, for listening to us. And, and uh, this was Michael. Yeah, and, and Radek. Okay, until the next one, you know. Yeah, bye-bye. See you, bye.